Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, and welcome to another episode of No Small Rolls, a D&D podcast where there are no small rolls and a festival in full flow. Huzzah! The festival! Yay! Festival! We've got to get to the festival! The festival! <laughs> the festival! The festival! I'm David Knight, your Dungeon Master, and I'm joined by the Wingthruple. Say hi, everybody. <laughs> hi! Wingthruple! Sexy Yep, no, both Ben and Daryl are off being brilliant in shows this evening. But we do all wish to go to the festival. So, let's cue the theme tune. Prepare your party of players and polyhedral dice Your tragic backstory better be worth the sacrifice Seize your sheets and d20 Let's play D&D Your haggard characters swaggers with daggers in each hand You've all discussed what you must, but even best laid plans Take a turn when checks are missed Roll initiative Brandish your blaze don't fail your saves. No risk too great, no choice too bold. This is your story. No guts, no glory. Confront your fate with every roll. Every Inside one who will pay the price, then chance of success or rest upon the dice. No risk too great, no choice too bold. This is no small rolls. So, having drunk from the waters of the Twain Tide Henge, the party found themselves in a deep sleep, waking two days later in the Ferragold Tea Field Infirmary. Greeted by Dr. Humbert Mattis, they were made to sign a legal document waiving all liability of the incident to the Ferragold company and estate. Given a goodie bag of tea each as they left, it became clear that their long nap had become the talk of the town, which was in full festival flow to celebrate the end of the Twain Tide Tea Tournament. <laughs> you all crammed into a single room in the Swan Inn before heading out to enjoy the festivities and find some folktale tellers. 
The first person you spoke to was Kosh, a stable hand who shared a tale of the local henge in exchange for Juna's tale about the fox koi and blossom. He also sold you four horses ready for the journey tomorrow. Weaving back to a tavern and catching a glimpse of the winning team, a quintet of orcish ladies called the Shattered Runes, you settled in for a drink when a dwarven fellow called Eustace Hograthian approached. He and Gaius bet a round of drinks on a storytelling competition, and declaring himself the winner, Eustace then asked the party for help in getting his job back. And that's where we pick it up. Um, David. Yeah. I have a very important question. Yeah. Did you physically describe Eustace last episode? Yeah, I'm not sure I did. I just said, oh, he's, he's a dwarf. And then started chatting bard or Scottish-like. Yeah, because he is a bard and Gwendolyn is Gwendolyn. So I need to know how horny she is for this guy. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, so, important things. Yeah. Very important things. Yeah, so he's, a, he's an older dwarf. It's got okay. a, a, a bold. How old? Oh. Ooh. <laughs> From a, an assessment, he's probably into his hundreds, uh, early hundreds, you'd say. Tuna's eyebrow raises. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a kind of like driftwood complexion, like sort of that kind of same, similar color, similar like sort of wrinkles. Weathered. Which gi- gives him a lot of character. Weathered, but like with. With some style in it. Okay. Bald head. He's got um, a white beard, but it's all tied back quite neatly with um, a couple of small red ribbons. He looks after himself. He looks after himself, mm. yeah. And he's dwarf, you said, isn't he? Yeah, dwarvish, yeah. Ooh. Mm. Love a dwarf. I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> I do, um, I do. I- I think Gwendolyn likes the accent, but is 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 seeing there's a little eye from Juna and thinking, okay, <laughs> competition. <right. laughs> I mean, if Gwen wanted to go for it, Juna would never stand in the way. Well, guy's tongue is already in his mouth, so let's be honest here. <laughs> <laughs> We're just watching them make out. <laughs> bard on bard action. Bard on oh bard. dear. <laughs> Oh, this is what happens when Daryl's not here. Yeah. <laughs> Straight to filth. It gets weird very quick. <laughs> Sensing the the chemistry from the three of you suddenly focused in on this, <laughs> this dwarven fellow. Enkidu does spot some kind of hunter-ranger types on the opposite side of the room, makes his excuses, um, walks over and starts a conversation with them. And instantly you can tell that basically he's doing the work. He is, he's getting information about best routes to travel. He's like checking places to stop and stay, what all the safety is. He's, he's doing like travel research for everybody. He's in key doing. He's in key doing. Yeah. <laughs> and especially with Eustace having been like, hey, can you help me get my job back? He's like, no, okay, I'm out. <laughs> oh. Our, our friend isn't fond of side quests. Side quests, like. What you, what you... Uh, d- 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 don't mind me. How, how can we help you get your job back? Right. So here's the dilemma, right? I was supposed to be top billing of the White Bison Theatre this week, right? Uh, what with all of the uh, the sudden end of the tournament and the the, the the whole festival that's just launched its way into everything, uh, well, I've been bumped. Oh. Oh. Yep, I've been bumped. Just a second. Not to any billing, unfortunately. No, as uh, as the director would have it, uh, a single uh, bard on the stage, even a storyteller of a calibre such as myself, does not hold these kinds of crowds in the same way that a whole spectacle would, a whole troupe would. That's what he said anyway. Oh. May I direct you to a company called Open Book Theatre? 
Oh, oh. <laughs> are they, they, they town? They're they? very big on the lo-fi. No. Right. Wow, words colliding. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe open bar theatre if you want to tour the tavern. Uh, you don't want to run with them. They're a rough crowd, I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> Get on the wrong side of them and whoosh. <laughs> they make the hex look like a daycare. <laughs> True Touring this summer. Well, I don't mind that at all, I'll be honest with you. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, if you could, uh, I don't know, spread some rumours, if you wanted to go break the director's legs or get the, the other troupe drunk or something, I mean, I don't know. I just, uh, I'm a I'm a performer and now I'm out of job for a week. And, and the trouble is, I'm, I'm supposed to be moving on. I'm, I've got a different uh, job booked next week, so I can't be staying here. And, and now I've got no money. Now, what's your, what's, your, what's your tour? What's your route? Did you take it? Well, uh, from here, I'll be heading uh, uh, back up north. I'm going to be uh, taking one of the rivers up. Got a couple of spots booked on the way, and then and then a week in Regalia. Okay. Well, um, listen, we'll have a look around. We'll see what we can do. We, 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 we feel, we feel, I mean, I personally feel like, you know, uh, you know, you should get a shot. You should get fair play. Like, it shouldn't just be, you know, that, uh, you know, everyone, hog, like, one act hogs the stage. I hate that. No, exactly. Unless it's me, of course. But, you know. I mean, what do you think, Gwen? Do you think we could uh, we could help out uh, one of my fellow bards? Well, I mean... You're I mean, partial to a bard, if I recall. <laughs> well, Is that I... so? He leans in. <laughs> Hello, little lady. <laughs> he says, she towers when, above yeah, him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, this is scratching multiple itches for, for Gwendolyn, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the accent. It's all about the accent. <laughs> I know that's just me talking. <laughs> that's not Gwendolyn at all. Yeah. It's just, it's not Gwendolyn, it's Grace. It's the Scottish accent. Any Scots in London, hit up Grace. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would love to help a bard in need, um, but I'm not sure about your methods. I don't think I'd like to break a director's legs or spread rumours. No, it just seems a bit a, uncouth. Absolutely. That was, that was me playing a nice little... You know, it's just airing my frustrations. Obviously, I wish no harm on anybody. Well, that, 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 is, that is much more something I can get on board with. Can I take this opportunity to insight check this person, please? And see whether he <laughs> is just a bard who's been bumped or if there's sort of, if he's got an underlying plan. <laughs> Go for it. In the absence of an Enkidu, this must fall to someone else. <laughs> oh, it's bad. It's eight. Eight? No, he seems to be, yeah, he's completely telling the truth. <laughs> Whilst he's like, you know, in a sort of a jokey way, uh, the only thing that you do have doubt about is whether or not he does or does not wish harm on other people. <laughs> but he is just a bard, wanting yeah. to do his bard thing. Just wanting to get paid, yeah. I mean, there might be other gigs you can get here in town. It seems like lots of people want to hear stories right now and be entertained. You could even. Make a double act with our good friend Guy here. We're not leaving till tomorrow morning. You know what would be super amazing is if we found, like, another venue and we made, you know, like, this place seem like, you know, the the dead end of the festival. And where we were was, like, the headline act. Like, everyone really wants to come to our uh, soiree. Like, we made it sound like the real hip, cool place. Yeah. Juno, you know what that means. You know, oh, you're, yes. you're always in the middle of the action. Yeah. I'm very rad. <laughs> yes. Well, as she... Is I'm groovy. I'm oh, neat. Rad and cool. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> well, I mean that's all well and good, but I mean they pay well over at the White Bison. 
I mean, not only is it a uh, hundred gold for the for the performance, but then I also get a fifty percent cut of all tickets. Ooh, wow! Jeez, that is a beautiful. And uh, like, I, I don't doubt, I don't doubt that I could draw a crowd. That's what I'm. I absolutely. I just, I just worry that uh, if we're trying to to pull audiences from over there, well, mm. we won't get as much money as we'd hoped. Who who has taken your spot? Duck Duck Bard. <laughs> Duck, duck, bard. That's like Gwendolyn, Mrs. Aggie, and Orin. Who <laughs> thought of geese? <laughs> yep, there's a. It's a. What did Karis say? Uh, yeah, he said. Uh, right. Well, there. Uh, we just needed someone more spectacular. We needed more. Uh, more pizzazz. And uh, well, I mean, they, like they're a whole, the whole company. They uh, they travel. They do the light tricks with the magic and that. There's and you know it's. The, the, the acrobatics and I can I can't really do all of that. I tell a good story and I can hold a crowd absolutely, but uh, I'm no tumbler. Do you know if a, like a, a contract has been signed yet? Uh, no. Because you know if it's not in writing, then it's not really you know like uh, copacetic as they say. And uh, mm. you know, hey, we have some exceptional talents and some magic on our side. Juna, this. Uh, lovely lady here is an exceptional sorcerer of great renown and exceptional power. And uh, Gwendolyn here is uh, is a, a person who is able to like do epic feats of physicality. I can play a little lute. You can do a little dance. You can we can we can make up an amazing act going on here. We just have to convince them that hey, we're the act to go with. I mean, would you be up for that? I'm always game. I don't see why not. Yeah. 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 Go on, Juna. Go on, Gwendolyn. You know you want to. Well. I have had a bit of an idea. You see, I would really like a reason to go and talk to the shattered runes outside. That's why I've got this extra jug of strawberry daiquiris. Well remembered from last episode, well Grace. Played, that was yes. seamless. <laughs> <laughs> smooth. Very smooth. And perhaps, well, they might be enjoying having some of the limelight. Maybe they could help bolster our showbiz numbers. Uh, they've got a lot of star pool right now. And I would be happy to go and try and encourage them to join us for this um, endeavour. Okay, I see it, I see it. The Abrica lads talk of the town, like those the sleep in whoever, and the shattered runes. Maybe that's the star power you need. Everybody on stage, the winning team and, and everyone and the team everyone's talking about. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be something not just of a festival, but you know, will be a local legendary event. Surely the promoters are going to be interested in that. Yeah, I think they would. I think they would. Right. Okay, I'm in if you're in. Yeah. I'm in. What about you, Jonah? Oh, I think that sounds like a lovely idea. Brilliant. All right. Like sort of a Club 7. Maybe like an S Club 7. Like... Like a secret Sister? club seven, like an S club. There's seven. not even seven of us, is there? <laughs> There's eight of us. You're obsessed with sevens, Juna. I do like sevens. <laughs> <laughs> if this jug of strawberry daiquiri counts as an extra, let's go. <laughs> okay, well, uh, this daiquiri isn't going to get any colder. Shall I go out and speak to them and see if I can get them on board? Yeah, yeah, do it. You can do it. And you know what? If anyone can do it, it's you, buddy. And I will just play a little tune on my flute. Oh, wait, hang on. Does the flute mean that anyone who listens to the flute would then have to... It's only who you target. Oh, that's fine. I target myself. Um, and I play a flute and I will try and bardically inspire Gwendolyn. All right. I'm so inspired. <sighs> and then Judas says, I also think you can do this. 
buddy and gives her some guidance, hands-on-shoulders kind of guidance. Okay, Gwendolyn has got her strawberry daiquiris in hand and a plan and she, with the boons from Guy and Juna, starts making her way out the tavern towards the shattered runes on their stage. Great use of the word boon. P.S. Yeah. Grace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Boon, boon, boon. Which is the music that's playing as you approach yeah. <laughs> the town boon, square. Boon, boon. There's a. Uh, there's somebody stood in there my with. Runes. A, with my runes. My yes. runes. Somebody stood in the middle of the crowd with a drum playing for the performance <laughs> of, of the shattered runes. And yep, yeah, they're all quite happily sat up on their stage with these red cloaks and little crowns on their heads food and drink sort of flowing in front of them uh, and as you try to weave your way through the crowd uh, Gwendolyn you realise that there is there is like a little set of stairs to get up to but it's very much like tea field Ferragold staff kind of like manning the space and so as you approach with this like jar of strawberry daiquiris one of them does kind of like wave a hand and like offer to take it oh I would much rather give this in person. Um, I am actually of the Rose family of Pryden, and this is a special honour that I would like to bestow upon the Shattered Runes. Okay, yeah, we'll let them know. Um, it's okay, we'll, we'll take that off your hands, though. Oh, no, I would like to deliver it personally, if you don't mind. Uh, we do mind, uh, so I'll just take that it, off of your hands. Why Why would you... <laughs> This is 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 very important. It's a very big privilege. You may have also heard of me. I'm part of the Abracalads. I was the one that woke up first. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, you're one of the Abracalads. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, okay. In which case, give us a moment. Is it right if we just check the drink first? We don't oh, want any course. situations yes. up on the stage. Obviously, no. Winning I wouldn't team. want that either. Some I just... teams get jealous. No jealousy here. I can tell you that. And she like tries to give them the biggest winning smile. Uh, and just, yeah, trying to be uber charming and lovely. <laughs> okay, and yep, yeah, if we just uh, check that over then, and then, yeah, we'll make an announcement from the sleeping team. Uh, deliver uh, it, there you go. The sleeping <laughs> yes, team. Yes, of course, the sleeping team. Yeah. What a lovely name. To d- I mean, well, I'm glad you're awake, though. So, so am I. Yeah. All right, so yeah, you just hand me that then. Okay, okay, well, they go, can test it thank you um and yeah you see them take it uh sort of take this jar off and like walk over to somebody who's got a whole tray of like a whole like side table of drinks and plates and foods and buns and like loads of different things and who is almost like magically just quickly checking over everything like that's passed in front of them one by one and the strawberry daiquiris pot is put at the front of the queue they, they quickly wave their hands check it over pick it up give the thumbs up and hand it back and then it gets passed staff member to staff member back to you. Fantastic. All right. So uh, you say you're part of the Abraca Lads, is that right? Yes, I am. That's right. And um, you woke up first, so that must mean you're Carhilda? Uh, yes. Why don't you just call me Ms. Rose? Ms. Rose. Yeah. Okay. Carhilda Rose? Is, um, well, oh, I can't remember what my surname oh, was. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, like, I met... The, the, the the one who woke up first from the Abraca lads. The one who Miss... woke up first, Miss Carhilda Rose. Uh, she, uh, <laughs> oh my god, Carhilda Thorn, Miss Thorn. Miss Thorn. Oh what? yeah, Thorn. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, that was the shout. <laughs> Sorry, okay. I was asleep for a long time. I just got confused with <laughs> no. uh, it's it's Thorn Rose. It's kind of a double barrel thing. Um, Thorn Rose. With, yeah. 
Rose Thorn. Thornrose. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. Absolutely, Miss Miss Thornrose. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Yep. And sort of, they walk off to uh another staff member. Try to explain what's happening, and then that person steps up onto stage uh, and says, "And now uh, a presentation from the the waking members of the Abraca Lads." Small round of applause. Woo. Yes, a jar of strawberry daiquiris. For the winning team from Miss Carhilda Thornrose. Uh, Gwendolyn just like looks a bit like worried as they say Carhilda. She's like, uh-huh. uh, but then kind of regains her composure and smiles and very elegantly walks up the stairs and does a very elegant wave to everyone. There's a, a big cheer from the crowd as you come on stage. <laughs> oh my god! Thank you. I don't think she's ever been in front of a crowd before. Yeah. It's great. Guy cheers at the back. Woke up first. Yeah, Juno as well. Yeah, I I woke up. You look gorgeous. Beauty sleep works, everyone. It does. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, She's getting a bit, like, uh, flustered in the face and trying not to get too overwhelmed by the the, the power of being a star. Guy just checks. How many strawberry daiquiris did she have? (laughs) And yes, she is going to approach the team. So the the staff member kind of like leads you forward and says, uh, this is the Shattered Runes and uh, this is Dagmar and Gunir and Chunk and, and Wefia and Millie uh, sort of as they move oh, down the line. Mm. Great names. As you sort of pass through them, three of them are very unhappy. And almost the oh. celebration air that was on stage three of them have dropped all of that one of them doesn't even look at you two of them like sort of give you daggers and in fact as you pour the the staff member is pulling their cups forward for you to pour the strawberry daiquiri into one of them fully pushes it onto the floor oh oh i'm so sorry i must have accidentally knocked that would you like me to get you another glass they do not respond they turn away I'm sorry, there is such a thing as being a gracious winner. The two sort of further down the way are like, yeah, come on, Dagmar. I want one. I want one, though. Give it to me. Come on. Okay. Strawberry daiquiri, is um, it? Strawberry daiquiris, yes, for, for all of you. I, I Congratulations. It's I'm I'm so impressed. You you did such a great job. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, this is Millie. I'm Wefia. This is Millie. Hello, Millie. Hello, Wefia. We actually, I mean, it was just on a laugh. Like, they've come over, right? And we just thought, well, you know, we need to take Millie out before she gets married. So we joined up the tournament. And now and now we're the winners. Isn't that funny? Oh, my gosh. They're on a hendo. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is excellent. You can't escape them. <laughs> they, um, they came over from... Where? Oh, from Orkosh. They're our cousins, them lot. Don't ignore them. They don't understand what strawberry daiquiri is, I'm sure. Anyway, I'll have one. Uh, of course. Gwendolyn is kind of pouring this and very much realising that the name that she shouldn't be using has just been announced to a crowd and she's got a very frosty reception from these ladies from Orkosh. Yeah. Millie is, at the end, is kind of clocking this from the others and is really confused. But they both... Millie and Wefia push their cups forward, take a drink. One of the uh, the Orkosian members of the team 
stands up and leaves the stage. Just FYI, Juna is making her... We can see this going on on stage, right? Yeah. And like... Juna is making her way towards Gwen. Uh Uh-huh. It's kind of muffled by the crowd. The crowd have started like, you know, just chatting away as the drinks are being poured and that. And like the music is is started up again. Uh, Sorry, who... What was the name of the person who's just left? Oh, that was Gunnir. Enjoy the daiquiris. Gwendolyn dashes after Gunnir. Oh. Yeah, Gunnir is kind of pushing her way through a crowd. She's um, a fairly built orc of a similar height to you, Gwendolyn, but a, a tad more muscular. And especially with this like red cloak around her, as it kind of like billows as she pushes her way through the crowd, uh, you can tell that like she's wearing like this little like leather jerkin, and she's she's got massive chunky boots on. She's very much somebody who's used to to marching. You would say used to like commanding some attention in that way. She's she's walking her way um, through the crowd and heading toward you realize toward the river. Okay, I'm yeah, I'm gonna be trying to like as stealthily kind of catch up to her so that she doesn't like start running away. But as soon as I get close, I am gonna say, uh, "Excuse me, Ganir, I'm I'm so sorry if I've done something to offend you. I, I feel like we must have got off on the wrong foot. I just wanted to congratulate you. Are you really called Hilda? That is." One of my names. She spits on the ground. Oh, fudge. I've only become aware of this name recently, and I don't know why you're having that reaction towards me. Well, if you don't know anything about your culture, then why, why, why would you use this name? Be- I need to go wash my hands. And carry but, on walking. Uh, please, I, I'm sorry. I, I have very little information about my mother. It's one of the few things I found out, and... I just thought it might make me feel like I was closer to her. I, I'm—I—I I didn't mean to offend you, but I—I I would. She be turns very... back around. If your mother gave you that name, then she should have sent you up to the desert along with the rest of you. The desert. Where all Carhildas go. What do you mean, all Carhildas? I have no answers for you. I don't want to get in danger. Mm. She turns and carries uh, on walking. She runs and she stands right in front of her. I need answers. You cannot treat me like this and then expect me not to want answers. Yeah, go on, go on. I don't want to die, so please leave me alone before I have to fight you for it. Why would you die? My safety is very important to me. I am here on my on my cousin's uh, journey and it is not fair. Well, it's not fair for you to spit at me and tell me that I should belong I don't in spit the desert. At, you, at you. I don't want anything to do with you. Can you not just tell me what Carhilda means? It means... It is danger. It is death. It is disaster for me, okay? For any of us. Because, because there's something wrong with me? I don't know. I don't know you. If this is the name that the, the onomancers give you, then, then you are lucky to be alive. Onomancers? Ah, please go and ask someone else about your heritage. This is not... I don't want it. It's, it's making me feel uncomfortable. She tries to walk around you. Gwendolyn is about to give up when she turns around and says, tell me where I can learn more. I don't know. If they did not teach you anything down here, then I don't know. You have family in Oathhold? I don't know. I am sorry for you, but... I do not wish danger on my family, okay? I don't wish danger on you either. 
And yet you will bring it, I am sure. And she turns and carries on walking. As she sort of pushes her way sort of through the through the crowd a bit more, through the, the streets, you realize, yeah, she reaches the river uh, as close as she can get to it and, like, reaches down and starts, like, washing her hands and her face. Gwendolyn's just kind of shell-shocked. She doesn't know what any of this means and she just starts walking in the least crowded direction trying to trying to figure out what this person has just said to her Mm. and I think what starts as a walk then becomes a run and she just is trying to get away from the crowds so that she feels like she can breathe again because she just feels so stifled by everything that she's just heard and she just feels like she's going to explode Juno, obviously you were trying to get over to her and mm. you have sort of caught the the end of this discussion, this this confrontation. And then Zin, Gwendolyn, run off. And tried to run after her, but obviously Juno can't run that fast. Mm. Yeah, Gwendolyn, you find yourself, you sort of push through the crowds, push through the, the streets and like reach like the southern edge of, of Kissing Beck, where it starts to, the buildings start to spread out a little bit more. It's much more roads there's a low bushes an open field ahead of you which is calming that there is less less noise less people you can still see some of the tea fields over the rivers uh, to the west um, and there is a breeze that's sort of blowing across them and sort of wafting some of that that fragrancy uh, over to you I think she's just she's gonna get into the field she's she's like out of breath she's breathing heavily and she's just taking off whatever layers she can and just trying to catch her breath again and she's hot tears are running down her face and she just screams a a cry of frustration and overwhelmingness and just falls to her knees and cries she punches the ground and tries to she tries to calm herself down but she is she is full of frustration and anger and confusion right now and she doesn't know how to deal with it but she's she's exhausting herself so that she can try and get a hold of her feelings again mm-hmm. how long do you stay out there for i think once she's kind of almost bloodied her knuckles with punching the ground and in this kind of seeing red she she slowly starts to kind of feel more like herself again and reminds herself about the way of decorum so but i think this probably takes a good like from the moment she's run away to where she's starting to feel more like herself i'd say a good 45 minutes mm-hmm. to an hour she doesn't she does she's not really aware of what time that is but i think and she's still she's pretty shaken up by it Mm. and occasionally as you're sort of in this sort of trying to to let it out and to calm yourself down at the same time yeah there are a few people that seem to like like that are coming into town a couple that are leaving town and they they kind of like half approach but like sensing that you're not in danger but also are kind of like dealing with it yourself they don't get too close but there's a there's a few like everything all right 
As you, as... I'm just in anguish. Aww. Right. <laughs> Try, trying to like be kind of polite, but she's just, like, <laughs> very anguished. Yeah. Um, Juno and Gaius, having seen some of this, what are you two doing? Trying to find Gwen. Yeah, I feel like uh, Guy would try and like reassure our fellow bard, like, "Oh, don't worry, like it's all part of a of a negotiation tactic or whatever." And then after a while, be like, "I'm just gonna leave you to it and just get back to you." And then right. go and sleuth around and try and find Juno and Gwendolyn as well. Okay, we'll we'll meet up at the theater if it works out. Yep. I hope okay, your friends. All right. Yep. All right. We'll do. Take care and sleuth away. At the tail end of the conversation. I'm relatively near them at this tail end of the conversation. I know we're sort of skipping back a bit. Um, I think Juna, sort of seeing how upset Gwen is with not knowing enough information, is going to cast Detect Thoughts just on surface level to see what this person... Of uh, Gunner? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So as you sort of like edge down, it's, it's fear. The like the feeling and the thoughts that you get back. It's it's fear. It's uh, panic. There's a bit of pity in in the way that like you know that that conversation had just gone. But also it, the overriding like thoughts is like, okay, now I have to like like almost like clean myself. I have to purify myself. I have to like shake all of the bad omens off of me because otherwise. Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, something bad is going to happen, and it's and it's, yeah. That's uh, that's basically their their whole thought. But also, like with then this added pressure of, okay, but we are in the middle of a town. We are from a different country. Can't make too much of a scene. So I have to hold it together somehow. But yeah, you can almost tell that this wow. woman is is on the verge of a panic attack in some ways. Hmm. Um, I am going to probe deeper. If that's all right, and if I have the time, you can tell me if she's walked away by this point. I think. Uh, no. I think Juna knows enough about Gwen, and I'm assuming has seen enough about how she looks now that I think this is very important yeah. to Gwen. Clearly. Uh, what's the saving throw for for that? It's a 16 to save. What did you get? Got a 10. <laughs> We're Ooh, going deeper in your mind. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> So what you get as you sort of push into this uh, these women's thoughts past past the fear and the panic you start to hear uh, a lullaby and whilst you don't understand all of the words some of them some of them you you speak Orkosian don't you? I do speak Orkosian yeah. yeah So while some of them like you know you pick the sense up there are a few words in there that are almost like a, an older form of Orkosian and you're hearing tales and like almost like playground games, childhood games, all dancing around Carhilda. And in every single one of them, Carhilda is is she's the danger. They're the danger. They're the thing that is uh, coming to get you in the childhood game. In the lullaby, they're the fear outside. The don't worry, I'm holding you safe from Carhilda. It doesn't matter if Carhilda fails, we'll still be protected together. Those kinds of stories. And then, yeah, you just get a flash of, of different stories from, from throughout their childhood. And you get images of what they think a Carhilda is. And it seems oddly 
at odds with with this feeling that they've got because the imagery is very much somebody a, a warrior holding back a whole siege somebody like a, a warden some kind of uh, like a sentinel kind of character brilliant in in their imagery uh, blazing and and strong but always an omen of disaster danger is is coming Carhilda is in the way to stop that danger but also that danger is going to get past them oh Carhilda is there to stop the danger but the danger will always get past them that's that's what all of the stories and like these like bit, these moments that's that's the impression you get so she's like a, sorry just to just jump into uh, <laughs> Juna's uh, mind reading here but she's like the omen of disaster rather than the disaster herself yeah exactly okay but eventually like yeah you stop hearing these these lullabies and these these stories and these childhood games around this character and the woman finishes sort of washing herself shakes herself off a bit and turns and starts moving back toward the table. Juna says to her through a message, I'm really sorry I did that. I know you know. I, I felt like you couldn't talk about it, but it was very important for me to find that out, so I apologise. She kind of like looks around the crowd, not quite knowing who it is that has pressed into her mind and then who it is that has messaged her. <laughs> the, the most polite detect thoughts ever. <laughs> <laughs> But um, ask for forgiveness. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> there wasn't time. <laughs> but the sort of the reply you get, she just says, "If you know this Kahilda, run." And Juna does towards Gwen. Oh, okay. My heart. <laughs> Grace here, keeping you updated with all things No Small Roles related. A massive thank you to our newest Patreon, Be The Eight-Year-Old. Your support helps us to keep making this show, so big love and big roles to you. We currently have a one-shot in post-production that we'll be releasing on the Patreon by the end of August. This is the long-hinted-at Rowana one-shot, where we will be using the one-page RPG A Familiar Problem. Now, I'm excited and nervous for us to share it with you all, as it is my first time in the GM seat, but mostly excited as it's a lovely little adventure. So to find out more about becoming a Patreon, head to www.patreon.com forward slash no small roles. Another great way to support No Small Roles is to leave us a review on places like Podchaser or iTunes, and you can even rate us five stars on Spotify. And if I haven't given you a shout out for leaving a review, then that will be because we haven't seen it. So wherever you review us, please do share it on social media too. We are at No Small Roles on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find us on Facebook by searching No Small Roles. If you'd like to chat with fellow No Small Roles fans, you can join our Discord, a much more straightforward app than you might expect. I have discovered myself as a bit of a technophobe. You can find the link to join in our show notes. Finally, both open bar shows are on the road, so you can catch Ben in Twelfth Night and Vicky in Romeo and Juliet. And of course, if you're heading up to the Edinburgh Fringe, don't forget Daryl will be there the whole month performing in Yippie Kaye at the Gilded Balloon. Lots to keep you entertained, but that's all from me for now. Let's get you back to Twain Tide. 
Um, it takes you some time before the two of you, first of all, find each other, Gaius and Juna, and then, having met each other, realise that, yeah, Gwendolyn isn't really in the town. You overhear somebody being like, oh, I hope she's okay, as they're sort of on the outskirts of town. And you, the two of you figure it out and start moving that way, but it, yeah, it takes you nearly an hour to find to find her. And when you do find Gwendolyn, she's just kind of like, sat on the ground, hugging her knees, dishevelled, muddy, crumpled clothes around her. Like, she is, she's wearing a light layer of clothes, but she's not proper at all. And she just, like, kind of looks up at you both with this tear-stained face. Juna just, like, doesn't engulf her because she, of her size, but sort of just just embraces her. The gnome equivalent. The gnome equivalent, yeah. Juna, she's... She said I was the danger, that that I'm death, and that that I'm 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 gonna bring bad things to her just from from being near her. She's heard a story, Gwen. When she's saying these things, she's not talking about you. She's talking about a story she's heard. She said these. These people called the Onomancers are, are what gave me my name. Like, there's something that's been said about me since birth. What, what, if, what, if, what if that's why my mother didn't want me? What if that's why I, I'm not... Nobody, nobody has said your mother didn't want you. Then why isn't she here? There are... A million thousand reasons that she's not here, Gwen. And if you want to, we can get to the bottom of this. I... But you've got to understand, this is, this is, this is a story. This is, seen... this is something that she's been told. This is not something that she knows. But the way she looked at me, she spat on the ground at that name. She said I belonged in the desert. And it, I can feel it. I can feel it deep in my stomach. I, it feels like it's burning out of me. And I think she's right. Maybe she is. Maybe she isn't, Gwen. We just we need to find out what this means. We need more information. And until you have that information, it's just a story, Gwen. There's a lot of power in stories. There's a lot of power. Even if you are a danger, you're a, a danger to somebody is somebody else's hero. You're my hero, Gwen. You're my hero. <laughs> I followed you here, Gwen. Exactly. She followed you and, and you know what? I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Like I was saying in the story to the bard the other day. The other day. Literally today. You know, I thought I was being the, I thought I was being the, you know, hero and you were the damsel in distress. But, you know, it's the other way around. You know, we get to choose. We do. We get to choose whether we're the antagonist or the protagonist in our own stories. And you know what? Like, uh, you are in mine. And you are in mine. Juna sort of sidles up to Gwen and, and says, when I saw her, I... I read into her mind, I know how much this means to you. 
And I think it's important for you to have the whole story. Yes. But this Carhilda figure seems to be some sort of warrior, seems to be some sort of protector, protecting people, protecting things from danger. But she had this feeling that the danger was going to get past Carhilda anyway. Mm. And yeah, it's it was, you know, it's always mysterious, this kind of thing. It was steeped in songs and games that, that attached quite a lot of fear to Carhilda. But it feels at, at odds with itself a little bit because there was also this image of this powerful, powerful warrior who's destined to let danger through. And, and I can't help but thinking that there's something more than just on the surface level here, Gwen. Things aren't always what they seem. And, and we could, uh, again, it's not an exact exact magic but we could buy some flowers and ask a question try and clarify some things and then we just try and find the answers I would appreciate that but we will get to the bottom of this and it will be alright don't forget there's the light and the dark if you are if you are connected to some cosmic danger there's light and dark with everything. There's balance. Guy holds her hands and casts healing, so the the cuts and bruises on the knuckles heal. Thank you. I I want to believe you. I really do. I just I I just I I just I, I'm I I guess I I'm processing it right now and and I I um I hope I don't bring death and destruction to you all because that would be really really rubbish Gwen if I'm being honest I think death and destruction feels like it's circling anyway yeah. Yeah, we can't. We can't be like scraping that barrel for a while now, pal. That's not just down to you. I mean, admittedly, I cast a dragon inside a very high security <laughs> library. I told you the truth. Like I am, I am more of a omen of disaster personally to myself than anything else in this world. I suppose we're quite a bunch of omens of disaster as a group. Maybe that should be our names. There's a two in seven chance that I am for the dark. I've lived 200 years knowing that there there could be something really terrible in my destiny. Yeah, she could be the end of the world. Whether I'm for the light or the dark. That's weird. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't feel great, but... No, it does There's a reason for everything and there's a balance. And so try if you can not to dwell on it and we'll find out what's happening. I... I will try. Um... I'm not sure if I want to be part of a bard show. I think that's fair, yes. I'm not really feeling up to that. No. No, that's okay. Sorry. That's all right. Uh, I, th- I, th- I think it's f- for the best. I think 
I'd just like to go back and sleep for a bit. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're known for around here, so that's fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How, uh, baby David? How near are we from our lodgings? Um, I mean, the town isn't very big at all, so yeah, you're probably about a fifteen minute walk, if that. Oh, okay. We don't need to. Fly. If we were far away, I was going to fly us in, but fifteen minutes. No, no, no. Yeah. Like Gwendolyn gathers up all her clothes and stuff, and she, she's definitely walking in a way that is a bit more sheepish and a bit more uncomfortable in herself, comparatively to the kind of confident person you see normally walking with you yeah i think like juna like sort of keeps holding her hand and is like physically just there going yeah being as near to her as she can Mm -hmm. i think we eventually crossed the muddy plane i don't know when i don't know when in this situation when guy would do it but i think he just needs to like just draw her close hold her and just give her a squeeze and just say I love you, you know. Love you too. And she like just pulls Gaius in just as tight. And he can just feel like the hot trickle of her tears running down his neck. I'm so glad you found us. Me too, buddy. Me too. (laughs) Uh, Eventually... Yeah, you find your way back to the Swan Inn, make your way upstairs, and sort of flop down onto the bed, the three of you. Juno is instantly making the twain tide. <laughs> <I'm> Amazing. So <laughs> <laughs> Needed. With your selection of teas, uh, just your standard twain tide, or are you going to go for something a bit fancier this time? Oh, yeah, what else have we got? When in Rome, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me with the good shit. <laughs> <laughs> the equivalent of Yorkshire gold. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, like quality Twain Tide. There's no no magic teas that can help Gwen here, and I feel like she needs to sit in her emotions as um unpleasant as they must feel. So yeah, just top top tier Twain Tide. Nice, some uh, Dravain finest. Mm, yeah. That's the yeah. shit. That's the good stuff. <laughs> Ooh, that's the shit. <laughs> 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 and and Ruana is currently still a bloodhound, so she's gonna do what dogs do best, and just be really great company. Yeah. So a few a few hours go by. Kind of the three of you hold each other, fall asleep, wake up, have tea, and yeah, just sort of just almost relax into a, a comfortable silence, like a really supportive, comfortable silence o- over the time. Eventually, there is a small knock on the door. Who gets up to answer? Guy will go. Oh, no, no. Oh, you go, Guy. No, no. You go. It's fine. Hello? It's uh, Sai, the the, the attendant of the Swan Inn, who says, "Um, Sorry, there's um, a visitor for you downstairs. Do you want me to send him up? Um, Um, A a bardic fellow. Oh, is it like a dwarf guy? Yeah. uh, Yeah, Eustace. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll just, he'll turn back like just to the guys and just be like, oh, I, I got this, guys. You just, just chill. It's all good. And I'll just quickly head downstairs and be like, Hey, pal, really sorry about that. You know, situations happening occur and it, it just didn't pan out. Unfortunately, you know, we tried, but 
didn't work out. No, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. I mean, I saw some of it from uh, from way back, so uh, I just I thought I'd pop in to see how everyone's doing. Say, don't worry about anything. It was a very nice kind offer from you all. Oh yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's just you know, yeah, you know how things are. It just doesn't uh, pan out the way you want it to sometimes. And um, exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, I'm I'm just I find myself at a bit of a loose end this evening. So, to fancy uh, a drink or a story or you know, just uh, you know, some company, bar to bar to semi-professional gnomish bar to to acrobatics. Is that what she does? Yeah, yeah. I'll just uh, just give me one quick second. Oh, okay, okay. And he will like stare off into space as he messages Juna. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> just being like, "Hey there, the bar the dwarf guy's downstairs. He's very friendly. No biggie. No rush. No pressure." But just wants to see if Gwen's okay. Should he come up, say hi to us? Juna says to Gwen, um, the, the dwarfish bard's downstairs. Kind of sounds like he wants to spend the evening with us. But unless you disagree, I'm going to tell Guy no. I actually could really do with a drink. So Juna, Juna sort of winks at Gwen and then messages back to Guy. Bring him up and bring plenty of strawberry daiquiris. Okay, my friend. Let's get some drinks and go upstairs. Unless, Gwen, you meant that you wanted to go downstairs. We can start here. Fucking See where yeah. the night takes us. She messages back to Guy. Prinks. Pre-drinks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> he slams some gold on the tavern and goes, let's get the drinks in. He'll order some strawberry daiquiris with the gang. Amazing. I think at this point, I know that we obviously don't have Daryl for the record, but I feel like Juno will like do a like a ascending to Enkidu and be like, um, heads <laughs> <laughs> up. <laughs> whenever you can head back, bit of a situation. Amazing. I'm sure his response is yeah, like updates you on like some of the stuff that he's learned but it's like don't worry i'm coming also where yeah. have you been i've been looking for you for ages <laughs> along those kinds of lines yeah <laughs> i just felt like story-wise like it would be weird yeah not not to have messaged enkidu amazing so yeah uh multiple sorts like jugs of strawberry daiquiris are carried up between gaius and eustace but also, halfway up the stairs, Eustace notices, like, a little vase of flowers and just, like, grabs the flowers out of them. <laughs> and so it's, like, <laughs> kicks the door with his foot. He's like, hello. Hello. Housekeeping. We're here. <laughs> Please tell me you have alcohol. Many, many jugs of it, my lady. And then some. So, here we go. Let's, like, drop them on the table here. It's beautiful. There we go. Oh, I got so some glasses. Oh, this is a very small room you're in. Snug. Well, you know, it's cosy. We like to keep it cosy around here. Well, exactly. Shall we play a round of Fox Coy Blossom as a drinking game? Whoever loses drinks. <laughs> I mean, you can. <laughs> I found these flowers. I just thought it'd be very nice to brighten up your room. Who'd, uh... Oh. I'd, uh, you like that? Thank you. They're lovely. Momentary flower check. <laughs> <laughs> you, yes. I was about to say, this guy, are you freaking kidding me? But... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, 10 for a charisma check <laughs> amazing no they're sort of like yellow uh, daffodil type flowers cool. which you know they're very nice but also are dripping slightly so it's very clear he's just snagged them from somewhere <laughs> and has not bought you <laughs> any flowers uh, well there you go uh, so uh, 
That was a bit of fun outside, uh, but let's not worry about that. Let's get drunk and let's chat. Yeah. Let's get drunk. Let's do it. Drinks. I, before we get drunk, can I inside check in one more time? Just to Yeah, check absolutely. That I... We've we've let him into our abode and we're about to get very drunk with him. Yeah. 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 Also, I've played with baby David before where we got really drunk and bad things happened. (laughs) Feel free to make an insight check. And a character literally lost their head. Jeez. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Okay, that's a better roll. That is a better roll. It's a 22. A 22. So, yes, he he is keen to just be friendly with everybody and have a drink but he is very much also wanting to get the gossip Mm. he is he's you can sense there is like the edge of like story hunting going on Mm. and how to craft this into his next tale okay if it were a real world you'd get the sense that he was some kind of journalist almost but like obviously (laughs) like this is that he's just like he's trying to find the gossip he's trying to he's trying to like Like, keep his stock of story story. yeah exactly he wants that top billing with a juicy story I get you. Like, Gwendolyn will be very much like, oh, no, they just hate strawberry daiquiris. I don't understand. Like, apparently mm. strawberry daiquiris are offensive. Um, I never knew that. Yeah. So there we go. More do- strawberry daiquiris for me. And she <laughs> keeps drinking. Strawberries don't grow everywhere in the world. That's the thing. So uh, maybe maybe it's some kind of forbidden fruit out there. Maybe. Maybe I just I just think it's a bit it's just a bit off to refuse a strawberry daiquiri, isn't it? I mean, of all the drinks, yeah. yeah right? I'm saying that you know yours is starting to go a bit like uh, low there. Here you go. Oh, thank you, guy. Uh, can everybody? <laughs> can everybody just make constitution checks for just sobriety? <laughs> <laughs> all the twists and turns of this episode. <laughs> um. For me, that's a 16. 17. Natural 20 for a 22. Oh, oh, he, he rolled she a 19. She is drinking! She yeah. down it. She's fine. Yeah, so all of you, it's going in and it's going in really smooth. Uh, you're all getting that lovely buzz, but it's never getting to the point across the evening that that you are uncomfortable, that you need or want to stop. It's always it's just pure comfort. Is, is there music outside like can they hear like does it sound like there's dancing there's partying yeah it's all sort of um there's two bards in the room yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah as it gets like sort of even further on into the evening uh yeah you can hear the music in some cases get louder and then sort of die off a little bit Gwendolyn like is like i want to dance i want to go dance so we should all go dance because i am enjoying my strawberry daiquiris and i want yeah, I'm all about that. We gotta burn this up right. on the dance floor. Let's go find Enkidu. Enkidu definitely likes dancing. He'll be out there wanting to dance. You know what? That guy can do the robot so well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he can do this construct so well. <laughs> oh, but you know what? Of all of the, the companions, I, I I saw he had the lightest of steps. So let's go find him. Let's go get uh, get our dance on. Let's do it. Or, you know what? He will come to us. Let's just find the loudest place in this village and go there. Yeah. All right. He'll put his arm around Gwendolyn. As they leave, Juna leaves a note to Enkidu saying... (laughs) (laughs) Actually, gone dancing. We've gone dancing. (laughs) I'm I'm worried for using too much magic, but yeah, she leaves us a a letter saying we've gone dancing and leaves the note 
with Ruana. Amazing. And Ruana just on the bed, like, yeah, lounging with a note. Yeah. Um, yeah, as you head out, whilst you might have had a sense of, like, awareness suddenly of you, uh, Gwendolyn, the, the team are actually off of the stage by the time you get back down toward the town square. You don't know where they've gone, but they're probably, like, being wined and dined somewhere else in town. And you get the impression that nobody is paying you any heed at all. And even, like, as people are dancing and singing along with the music and uh, getting very merry and drunk in the street, there are even people sort of, like, like grabbing your hands for a quick dance, like, chucking you, like, uh, like uh, quick shots of things as you're sort of pulled through the crowd. And, yeah, whilst there was a, a definite sense from the Orcosians that something was... There was some combative reason. Nobody else around you. It's the complete opposite. It's just welcoming joy everywhere around. I think that is what Gwendolyn needs right now because she hasn't got the joy to muster herself, but the booze and the dancing, she's just twirling away and getting lost in the moment and the freedom of just what the alcohol is bringing her in this moment (laughs) where she needs to not be in her head. This is helping a lot. Juna stays near to Gwen and stops drinking at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she's a good friend. She's a good friend. Gwendolyn is probably going to snog some pretty people. Lots of them around as well. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So is there there anyone in particular that you're looking for in the crowd? Any type of person? Well, you know, um, she sees like a cute half-orkish lady that she's like, hey, I like your dress and your face. So, do you want to kiss my face? <laughs> there's a there's a very definite like no words like the look has had the kissing has started. You just hear from their friends like yeah, Morello, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then she so she enjoys that, and then she dances with somebody else. She dances with somebody who looks like Enkidu, and is like, oh, hi, <laughs> and she's not <laughs> him as well. <laughs> Eustace kind of walking past in the dance being like oh you two oh not him alright okay no no uh, yeah you carry on you two I don't mind he's going to look nice like a child <laughs> where's that masked friend of yours guy will at that point like try and convince whoever's on stage to like give him just like two minutes of like stage time <laughs> yes <laughs> yep. Gwen's like I know him I know him <laughs> Come on, my friend, my friend, she's, she wants me to go on stage. Look at this. She's so eager. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's like a, a small band that's up there and like the singer kind of like, yeah, pulls, like grabs your hand, yanks you up onto stage. And it's like, oh yeah, so uh, yeah, what do you know? Oh, I got one for you just right now. It's a, it's a ballad. It's, it's a slow dance for the vibe. So get everyone in the mood for like a little bit of romance. A little bit. Slow dance. All right. Yeah, yeah. Let's just, uh, we'll play one song just to slow down the mood a little bit first and then you're in nice all right do you want us to back you up oh yeah let's do it let's do it if you play on this chord here yeah we'll follow your uh, yeah your your changes don't you worry cool uh sort of yeah as a quick word of the band they play a a song that sort of yeah lulls the crowd a little bit the crowd gets the impression that there's a slow romantic number coming up and then he's like all right you're up mate here you go and it goes a bit like <laughs> I know this much is true. <laughs> we love you, Gaius. 
<laughs> Juno by this point has done minor illusion, like flames above her hands, and is like waving them. <laughs> yeah. And Gwen, if she wants them too. Gwen is slow dancing with a um, a half elf with purple hair. Yeah. <laughs> and is just like making eyes at them now as well. Amazing. I don't know where she found them all. <laughs> <laughs> Big, very happy crowd who is very eager to dance with a celebrity. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they are almost queuing up around you, which is, yeah, again, very nice and comforting. Lovely. Yeah, the... Uh, the partying goes on. How how does each of your nights end? I will say. How do wh- how what? When do you slowly stumble back to the Swan Inn, if you even wander back that way? Juna's taking her lead from Gwen. Unless Gwen gets into a right old mess, she's just gonna sort of have like have a good time, but just be aware of yeah. Gwen needs to have this night. I think Gwen is is nearly gonna like. Like, there's somebody that she's talking to, and she's like, yeah, well, that's, you're very attractive, and that is a very nice proposition, but I actually have to go share a room with, like, three other people, and they'd be really disappointed if I weren't there. So, you remember my face, because I won't remember yours, (laughs) but if you remember it, then you can take me on a proper date sometime, okay? And then she grabs them, gives them a massive snog. No, don't be so naughty. And then she comes back <laughs> towards Juno's gate. I need to go to sleep now. Then we go back. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking like, I promised two minutes, but David, how long have I actually been on that stage? <laughs> um, the band the band humor you for quite a while probably like three or four songs before they're like all right mate you know we do have a whole set to play yeah. I'll, I'll i'll finish off on this one which is um it's a nice like you know cool little ballad just about you know adventurers overcoming adversity and it'll go into the, like the idea of like you know a bard and a bell a sword and a smile a tinkerer who keeps his tools sharp. A foul mage now dead, a new road ahead. A sunrise that's welcomed by a lark. And then that's his last lot. Yeah! Amazing! Did you make that up, Chris? I've thought that little th- t- ditty since season one, bro. Since, uh, since oh, a few It's <laughs> so lovely. Can you. Yeah! We'll make a joint performance check. One for you, one for the rest of the band. Cool. Uh, as it's a, as an original composition, whether or not they are, they follow you as closely. Yeah. <laughs> I got a 17. Okay, I got 15 plus my performance, which has been improving because I've been practicing. So that is a 21. Yeah! The crowd love it. This is an instant hit. And like, even to the point that as you like sort of clamber off of the stage, like massive rounds of applause, like slapping you on the back, you can hear people sort of on the edge of the crowd start singing it to themselves uh, and start humming along. And, and yeah, sort of, so you've just got that as you're moving through the crowd of like... Oh. Yeah, a guy will find his friends for like the final like couple of dance numbers and then like, you know, amble back and just like... Yeah, yeah. Pick up all the way back up to the up to the room with the gals. And like we're go- we're going up to the room, still like singing it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Eustace is with you, nice. <laughs> awkwardly. <laughs> and no sign of Enkidu, I'm assuming. 
No, and Kidu is not out and about, but yeah, Eustace is very much like, ah, I just got to crash, and then we'll sleep, and then say, oh, sorry, with lovely, I love this second. Eustace, I, I love it, I love it. We've had a good night, my friend. Just chicken. Uh, it's our best day. Hey, this guy, this guy. You got a place to stay tonight. You got space in your bed. Hey, yeah, probably somewhere in like the bedroom, but there's loads of room. You can gonna... stay in my bed. No way, 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 wait, wait, room. Guys, guys, yeah, very, very kindly, but no, wait. Uh, I need to inside check him first. Hang on, <laughs> stay still. Exactly I'm gonna eyeball inside. him. I'm gonna eyeball him. Be like, is he trustworthy? Yeah, yeah, got it. Uh, dirty twenty. <laughs> uh, he when he is saying space in your bed, he does not mean your room. He means Gaius, your bed. <laughs> in a suggestive manner, or in like in a, a very much a suggestive manner. <laughs> oh, oh, it's on! It's on like it's Donkey Kong. Okay, right. <laughs> Let's do this. Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how comfortable it is uh, for everyone else in there. So. Oh, gosh. We'll close our eyes, guy. You know, I love an audience, but this would be weird in front of my family, so... <laughs> Let's go for a walk, and we'll go for Let's a walk. Go for a little we'll walk go for a walk in the rest. moonlight. That's a romantic. And we'll leave your ellipses <laughs> there. Yeah. <laughs> That's where we're in the episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, what a roller coaster. Bad on bad action, it actually happened. Way. B and B, that's what I'm talking about. B and B, B and B. What an episode! That was fucking lovely. Baby David, <laughs> sorry. Ooh. Oh my god! I didn't realise how much I needed that. That was great. You have been listening to David Knight as your dungeon master. Ben Galpin as Orin Chris Watts as Gaius Daryl Bailey as Enkidu Grace Kelly Miller as Gwendolyn and Vicky Gaskin as Juna Original music by David Knight Please tell your friends, subscribe and follow us on all the social media Thank you for listening to No Small Roles Anon for now. Anon! Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.